Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to get you ready for your week eight waiver wire runs. And we're focused on an interesting group of running backs this week. We're trying to find some clarity in murky situations for the Rams, Cardinals, and now the Texans, Jared. And of course, injuries <clears throat> always at play. All the players we discussed today, plus many more, can be found in our weekly waiver wire pickups article on DraftSharks.com. We've got options for shallow leagues, average size fantasy leagues, deep leagues, plus one player that we highlight every single week as a grab this guy. Not one that I was expecting to hear about this week, but you know we've got him, so check the bottom of the article to find that one out. It's all at DraftSharks.com this and every week. Jared, let's start this show with the Rams' backfield, which started off last week's show, and maybe we have more clarity now than we did then. Probably some more, since we at least <laughs> saw a game's worth of action, but is it clear now should we trust daryl henderson as the top rams back this week yeah, i think my, my first takeaway here is i was surprised at how, just how productive this backfield was right i mean you had henderson and, and freeman combined for 30 carries for 127 rushing yards you know 4.2 yards per carry so they were decently efficient and the rams ran it a bunch they went 50 percent run against the Steelers, you know, in a game that was close throughout, they, they lost the game. So, you know, whether that was a good decision or not, um, you, know, you, you can be the judge there. The Rams are six and a half point underdogs in Dallas this weekend. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a worse situation for the running game. So you got to keep that in mind. Henderson did lead this backfield in snaps, 58% for Henderson to 42 for Freeman. Zach Evans, by the way, played zero snaps. Henderson also led in, in pass routes and carries and targets. So H Henderson led across the board. Now, if you watch the game, they were pretty much just rotating series. You know, Henderson got the first series, Freeman got the second, and they, they basically rotated the rest of the way. Henderson did come in for some, you know, obvious passing situations on Freeman drives. Um, so I, I think Henderson is the play here in week eight. I still think it's a, you know, pretty close between them though. To me, Henderson's the play because of that pass catching stuff. Um, I would not be surprised if the carries, you know, go either way. I do think it'll be, you know, pretty close to a 50-50 split in terms of carries. I think the only way that you can really get yourself into trouble here is if you're assuming too much because we are still going off of one game. I would also lean pretty easily toward Daryl Henderson because he joined this team about a week ago as we're speaking on Tuesday. And then by the end of that week, led the backfield in um, plays, in carries, in pass routes and targets. Uh, you know, you mentioned that they were rotating. So some of that might just be the luck of, you know, the drives you were yep. in for going longer, um, producing more plays, but you know, we don't have a whole lot to go on here. So the fact that Sean McVay brought Daryl Henderson back and immediately gave him more work than anybody else in the backfield has me leaning in that direction. <laughs> if you need one of them, you can take Daryl Henderson. He does lead our running backs in the waiver recommendations this week. I think Royce Freeman is worth a pickup. If you, you know, have a spot that you're playing with, or you're looking for somebody who can be an option maybe next week if you're harder up at running back because we've got no teams on by this week. So I hope that you don't need any Rams running back this week because I don't think anybody got attractive and the matchup is much tougher against yeah. Dallas this week than it was against Pittsburgh last week. But if you do need one, it looks like Daryl Henderson, Royce Freeman stashable, and then we'll see if Miles Gaskin becomes an option this week. We heard from Adam Schefter last week that maybe 
Gaskin would get more acclimated and then be activated in week eight. How about Adam Schefter coming through with the, you know, dead accurate report that, you know, it'd be a Freeman Henderson backfield. If you, uh, if you got any points from Henderson or Freeman, you should probably like, you know, Venmo Adam Schefter five bucks or something for that report. Cause he, he was all over it. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what Gaskin's role is. If anything, I mean, again, they're probably not going to have four running backs active right this weekend. So I would think Zach Evans probably ends up as the healthy scratch. And then, you know, if Gaskin is just stepping into the Evans role, you know, again, that was zero offensive snaps. So Gaskin is a stash, but I, I would expect considering how decent Henderson and Freeman were last week, I would expect it to you know, remain those two guys hand, handling the vast majority of the backfield work this weekend. And by the way, if you spent a bunch on Zach Evans and waivers last week, you can wait one more week to see if anything happens, but don't feel like you need to. And if you didn't spend a bunch, then feel free to drop him because if he didn't get anything in this scenario, there's just nothing to look forward to in 2023. Exactly. And I mean, you could at least hope that, you know, Henderson and Freeman played poorly last week if you were an Evans owner, but you know, they, they didn't. So it's not, not looking good. Yeah. And if both of them went down in this game, I think Sean McVay is going to be out on the street with a cardboard <laughs> sign asking who plays running yeah. back. Yeah. We thought that the Houston backfield was clear previously, you know, a couple weeks ago, I guess, where Damian Pierce looked like a buy, but Jared now, Devin Singletary is horning in on his work. That kind of came out of nowhere in back in week six before Houston's week seven by Pierce was kind of, you know, every single week easily leading Singletary, at least in, you know, snaps and carries. But in week six, you had Singletary beat Pierce in snaps 52% to 35%. Uh, you know, Pierce did lead in carries, which is 13 to 12. So basically split carries down the middle. You had Devin Singletary lead in pass routes and get the only two running back carries or, or targets, which, you know, Singletary has been leading in pass routes and passing game usage for most of the seasons. You know, that, that was kind of status quo. D'Amico Ryans, after the game, talked about the backfield. He said, quote, our run game was better. It was that complimentary back and forth between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. DP, Damian Pierce, had some elite finishes. Motor, who's Devin Singletary, had some nice runs. Going to continue to balance both guys out was the last part of that quote. That's what I think we should be projecting in week eight here is, you know, something close to a 50-50 split in carries with Singletary, again, continuing to lead in pass routes. So if you're talking full PPR, you know, Singletary might be even the better play among these two this week. Singletary, by the way, leads Damian Pierce this season so far in yards per carry yards after contact per attempt and rush yards over expected per attempt. I came into this season very confident that Damian Pierce was the better runner than Devin Singletary. So, you know, just based on six games, I don't want to you know, totally flip and say, you know, Singletary's better just because of what we've seen so far. But again, um, Singletary, based on how these guys have played, ha has earned more work, at least in the short term. And if your coach is calling you motor when he's talking to reporters, he clearly likes what you're doing to this point. They have Carolina this week, which is the second best scoring matchup for running backs by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So that's a great spot to have either Houston running back. And if you're, you know, in a position where you're like, crap, I need one of these Texans backs or you have either of them and you're like, I think I need to start one of these guys. It's a week where you could use either one. And there's a, a path for both of them to get usable fantasy points. It would be nice if we get a little bit more clarity and I guess, but I, I shouldn't say clarity. If we get one running back taking more of the touches because you know, an even split every week is clarity. Yeah. So if we get one working ahead of the other, that would be better than if we get a split going forward. But I agree for now, we got to project a split. Next up is somebody that was last week's waiver mistake. Well, I guess the week before spending a bunch on Imari DiMercato, and then he barely got work. 
in week six for the Cardinals. But this past week, Jared, he took over the Cardinals backfield. So does that mean now he's the guy that we need to pick up and start in week eight? Who knows? I mean, what a, what a troll job by the Cardinals. I mean, I saw DeMarcado dropped in a lot of leagues, you know, heading into last week after he, you know, people spent 30, 40% of their waiver budget to add him. But um, DeMarcado got workhorse usage last week, 78% of the snaps ran her out on 68% of the pass plays got 13 of the 14 running back carries 13 of the 18. If you, uh, you know, consider Rondell Moore a running back, which he's, you know, kind of turned into at this point, uh, five targets for DeMarcado last week, a 15% target share. So if we get that type of usage again, he's, you know, useful to some extent, you know, if they go back to what we saw the previous week, then, you know, you're, you're screwed. Um, but DeMarcado has looked decent over the, the past few weeks. Kante Ingram and Damian Williams have not looked decent. So I do kind of expect DeMarcado to remain the clear lead guy here the, Cardinals are eight and a half point underdogs versus Baltimore. It's just a bad spot in general for the offense. But the fact that DeMarcado, you know, got the passing game usage, even in week six, he ran her out on 57% of the, the drop back. So, he, you know, he's safely, I, I think, you know, locked in as their passing game back. So that keeps him in play, even if the Cardinals are, you know, playing from behind the Ravens for, for most of this weekend's game. Yeah, if you need a Cardinals back, go ahead and play DeMarcado, but don't target him for this matchup against Baltimore. This is not an exciting situation. This is not a player that's likely to give you a whole lot of production. And even though he did clearly lead the backfield last week and has looked better than the other guys, a week before, Keontae Ingram led the group in carries, targets, catches, and total yards. So it could swing in another direction. I would imagine Cardinals coaches are trying to figure it out as they go at this point because they didn't win either of the past two games. So it's not like anything is going especially right for them right now. Latavius Murray got more work with Damian Harris out, but not a whole lot, Jared. He, to me, looks like somebody that you keep as an emergency back or pick up at this point in case something happens to James Cook. This Bill's backfield has become tough to pinpoint on a weekly basis. It seems like they're, you know, changing the usage just based on game plan, which always makes it, you know, tough for fantasy players. James Cook last week had his biggest share of carries since week one. Uh, now Latavius Murray still played 42% of the offensive snaps, which was his second biggest share of the season behind only week six when he played 47%, you know, the game Damian Harris left early. I also noticed Latavius Murray got 86% of the snaps in the two minute drill last week, which doesn't make much sense to me because, you know, James Cook is a pass catching back. I don't know if they trust Murray more in fast protection. So that, you know, that's a mark in Murray's favor, but I mean, he is, Murray is still a touchdown or bust kind of fantasy play, right? Like I don't think you can project more than like eight carries. The passing game usage has been just okay. You know, a target or two per game. So yeah, I think like you said, emergency play hope for a touchdown, which, you know, is an okay bet on what's still pretty strong bills offense, but on the, the floor is definitely low every week for Latavius Murray. Yeah, I would say in most other situations, uh, Latavius Murray is a guy that we would ignore, but because it's the Buffalo offense, he's one of those guys that if you if you're like, what am I going to do at running back this week? He's somebody who could get you a touchdown. It wouldn't be crazy. And again, if James Cook does go down, Damian Harris is out at least another three games. He's on IR with the neck injury, went on just before last week's game. So, you know, there's room for Murray to potentially be a lead back for Buffalo in some week if James Cook goes down. So that at least makes him worth stashing if you're not necessarily looking for a strong week eight option. And speaking of strong, Jared, our final running back is Pierre Strong. Strong by name. I don't know how strong he is as a player. How much should people be looking at him on waivers this week? Yeah, I think he's you know definitely worth adding in most leagues, and it's probably going to settle in RB3 territory in our rankings this week. Um, so Jerome Ford went down with what, what Adam Schefter called a low-grade high ankle sprain, and Schefter said one to two weeks for 
Jerome Ford. I mean, when I hear high ankle sprain, I almost, you know, always think, you know, three plus weeks, but I, you know, if it's truly, you know, a, a low grade, maybe he, maybe um, Ford does get back after just a week or two, but regardless, it's going to be cream hunt and Pierre strong in the backfield, at least for this week, Cleveland has, I think clearly wanted to deploy a committee backfield since Nick Chubb went down, you know, we saw Kareem Hunt start to eat more into Jerome Ford's work even before Ford went down last week. And actually after Ford left last week's game in Indianapolis in the fourth quarter, Pierre Strong out carried Kareem Hunt five to two the rest of the way. I'm still going to project Hunt to lead this backfield in, in week eight, but I think like a 60-40 split is probably about right. And, you know, Pierre Strong is kind of that, Jerome Ford archetype. He has that big playability. Kind of going to be banking on him, you know, breaking off a, a big play or two because, you know, he's probably going to end up with, you know, something like eight to 12 touches this weekend. Tough Seattle run defense, too, for the Browns. So not overly excited. They do get the Cardinals in week nine. So, you know, that's a much better spot for, you know, both these backs if Jerome Ford ends up, ends up missing that game as well. Yeah. Pierre Strong is a speedy back. It's worth noting that he was a fourth round pick of the Patriots just last year. And then one year into his career, they basically gave him away in trade to the Browns. So not somebody to get excited about. He is, he has some exciting athleticism. He's bigger than you would probably guess he is at 215 pounds. I'm not sure that he actually plays to that size, but the speed gives him big play ability if he gets touches in what is a good situation for running backs in general. So I agree that he's worth stashing where you have a spot. He's probably going to get some touches. He's probably not going to be somebody that we can start while Kareem Hunt um, is healthy. And then we'll see how soon Jerome Ford gets back. But, you know, that's where we're at right now. If you're looking to stash somebody, Pierre Strong's probably cheap. Make sure you're not overpaying for him. And if you're wondering how we compare Strong with other waiver options at running back, and especially with running backs that are currently on your team, you can check the free agent finder. It will sync directly with your fantasy team. You can see exactly who is available in your specific league. You can sort by projections for this week, for the rest of the season, by consensus projections, even by specific matchups for this week, next week. Of course, you got to be a DS insider to take advantage of that powerful time-saving tool. Jared, let's close this out with streaming defense options for week seven. And a lot of times we're like, well, there's this one team that's probably not available in your league. And then you could take a shot on these others that stink, but they're available this week. I think there are a couple of defenses that are probably widely available and actually make for attractive fantasy starts this week. I want to see if you've got the same team or two that I'm talking about. Are you testing me here? Um, I'd say first check on the Jets just to make sure they're not available in your league because they played the Eagles in week six and had a week seven by the Jets get the Giants this week. So they are, you know, we haven't finalized our week eight D rankings yet, but I think the Jets will be, you know, a top three option this week. Two others I had um, Atlanta, who's going to get either Malik Willis or Will Levis, either way, upside matchup there. And then Seattle, I'd like the Seahawks defense. They're playing a lot better. They've been good against the run all season. I think the past defense is coming around. They've gotten, you know, Devin Witherspoon, their rookie involved in the past. He's looked good the last couple of weeks. They get the Browns, who it's either going to be, you know, a whatever Deshaun Watson is at this point or P.J. Walker. So I think there's upside to that matchup for the Seahawks. I definitely agree that there's upside to that one. The other one that I had down besides the Falcons, who, by the way, are coming off of two solid outings against Washington and Tampa Bay. They were number seven fantasy defense last week. But the other one I have down this week is the Giants against those Jets that you mentioned, the number two fantasy defense last week by ESPN scoring. Before that, they held Buffalo to 14 points. Last week, they smothered the commanders. Seven points allowed, six sacks. They've had interceptions in three straight games. 
And now they get Zach Wilson. So the Giants are a better playing defense right now facing Zach Wilson. It's a good week to grab them. Agreed. You can check those week eight rankings or your free agent finder to see more options on defense or at any other position you might be looking for help in. Become a DS Insider, like I said, to take full advantage of all the content and tools that are ready at DraftSharks.com and waiting to help you win your season. 